0: So tonight we'll look at the crucifixion of Jesus. As you consider the crucifixion of Jesus, what is one word that comes to mind? Maybe the word is sacrifice. Or maybe the word is salvation. One word. Forgiveness, reconciliation. Tonight I'd like to focus on this word in connection with the crucifixion of Jesus. Hope. Now when I look out here, I have hope for the future. And I have hope for the church of God. But when I look out there, I don't always have a high degree of hope. And maybe sometimes you feel that same way. And certainly when we look at the sins in our past, and we consider the sin in our heart, and we look ahead to the sin in our future. Combined with what we see out there, we might wonder. But in spite of all of that, with Jesus, there is always hope. Tonight we'll look at the gospel account of the crucifixion of Jesus in the Gospel of Luke. I'd like to look at two verses in particular from Luke chapter 23, both words Jesus spoke. From the cross, and you know them both. Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they do. As best we can tell from the context, Jesus is offering this as a prayer on behalf of the Roman soldiers who are crucifying him. They're following orders, putting Jesus up on that cross. And they don't know who he is. He's just Jesus of Nazareth, some guy, guilty, worthy of death. So they put him on a cross without any any regard at all for who he really is. And because they don't know who, who he really is, they have no. No affection or no no appreciation for what he's doing for them. And Jesus doesn't say to his father, Father, overlook their ignorance and give them a pass. He doesn't say excuse them. He says, Father, forgive them. Because they are guilty of sin. They are guilty of great sin. Their ignorance does not cover up their sin. Great sin is what you and I are guilty of. We have a lot of sin stacked up in our pile, don't we? We have a pile of sin attributed to us and the reality is that pile of sin just keeps getting bigger. But just like those Soldiers had hope. You and I have hope. This is what scripture says about our big pile of sin. But where sin increased, grace increased all the more. We have a father who's filled with mercy, filled with grace, always with more grace. And Jesus always offers us more hope. Now, we don't conclude that Jesus is asking the Father to forgive someone who's impenitent. Because that would contradict pages and pages and pages of Scripture. But as Jesus hangs there, five feet above these soldiers, he knows full well what's in his Father's heart. What's always in his Father's heart is love and mercy, and willingness, and desire to forgive anyone who turns to him in faith. Anyone who comes to the Father with an open hand to receive forgiveness is going to be forgiven. This Father that Jesus prays to is the same Father that Jesus describes in the parable of the lost Son. Recall how eager that father was to forgive his son who came back, who once was lost. I picture Jesus looking at me and saying, Father, forgive him too. Him too, Father. And that fills me with hope. Hope that reaches back into my past and hope that Extends into my future. And that's the same hope that Jesus has for you. You have a past sin that haunts you, something from your past that is hard to let go of. We all have them. And there's a temptation in your life that you give into time and time again. We all have them. And as you look ahead to your future, will there ever be a time when you will be able to live your life free from sin? But just like that group of soldiers had hope because of the man above them, you and I have hope because of cross-bound Jesus. You can call me a hypocrite. I've been teaching from God's Word for a long time, and I don't always practice what I preach. What's What's the definition of a hypocrite? Someone who says one thing and does another. We're all hypocrites to some extent. All of us accept, accept Jesus. Jesus is where words and actions perfectly come together. This verse is from Jesus' Sermon on the Mount. And right before he said this, he said this to his disciples. You have heard it said. You have heard it said. You've been taught. Love your neighbor and hate your enemy. That's what they had been taught. And then Jesus says, But I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. So now we go back to the cross and what is Jesus doing? Father, forgive them. That's a prayer for people that were persecuting Jesus. And so there is Jesus fulfilling God's law perfectly in our place. And Jesus' perfect record is on your record through faith. When I see the crucifixion of Jesus, I see two contrasts. Here's the first. The Roman soldiers. In them we see mankind at its absolute worst They're mocking, they're torturing, and they're killing the very Son of God. That is mankind at its absolute worst, ignoring, rejecting God's precious gift of salvation. And then we see Jesus, and what do we see? We see Jesus at his absolute best, hanging on that cross, dying on that cross for us, giving himself as a ransom for many, the ultimate sacrifice, taking the very nature of a servant and becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. Here's the other contrast that I see. Jesus says about these Roman soldiers, what does he say? They don't know what they're doing. By contrast, Jesus knows exactly what he's doing. He knows their sin. He knows your sin. He knows my sin. And he gets up on that cross and he stays up on that cross. Ironically, maybe maybe this is a question for Jesus. He says, the soldiers don't know what they're doing. Maybe Maybe we would ask, Jesus, do you know what you're doing? Do you know what you're doing, Jesus? You're up on that cross, dying for people who shake their fists in rebellion at your law every day, time and time again. Jesus, do you know what you're doing for them, for us? Jesus' response. I am the good shepherd. And the good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. Jesus offers more hope. A few verses later in Luke chapter 23, he says this to a convicted criminal. I tell you the truth, today you will be with me in paradise. I tell you the truth, So I started writing a Bible study a few years ago. I had a little more time on my hands during COVID, but I haven't finished it yet. About 70 times in the Gospels, Jesus says, I tell you the truth. I think it will be called the whole truth and nothing but the truth. Every time Jesus says that, it precedes something that comes off as hard to believe. And so Jesus says, I tell you the truth. He's saying it for emphasis. Like you and I would say, no, really. I'm telling you the truth. This is grace in action. This is a manifestation of grace, isn't it? Jesus telling the truth. And this truth here is is believable, but it's unbelievable at the same time. Why is it believable? because of who is saying it. But it's at the same time unbelievable because of what he's saying, but specifically here, who he's saying it to. This is a career criminal. He's unworthy. I think when we look at the thief on the cross, it's best to see ourselves It's best for you to see yourself and for me to see myself as the thief on the cross. And what do we have? A lifetime of sin, desperate for mercy, helpless to offer anything in return for that mercy, and hopelessly considering the future that we deserve. But just as Jesus was there for that thief on the cross, Jesus is there for you and me. What do you think the key word is in that verse? If you had to pick one word, I ask five different people, I think I get five different answers. Some of you might go with I paradise today some of you have to be thinking truth I think it's will because that makes this a promise and a promise from Jesus is good even when it's unbelievable Let's go back to the Roman soldiers for a moment. What would it take for Jesus to express this same gracious promise to them? that One day you will be with me in paradise. What would it take for Jesus to say that to them? It would take faith, repentance, nothing more, nothing less. What did the thief on the cross bring to Jesus. A penitent, believing heart. Nothing more, nothing less. And Jesus filled this dying man with hope. This is kind of ironic. Jesus can't say to these soldiers that one day you will be with me in paradise because of what they are missing. But Jesus says to the thief on the cross, today you will be with me in paradise because of what he is missing. What is he missing? The soldiers are missing faith and repentance. What is he missing? Psalm 103 tells us. As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. His sins were missing. They had been taken away. Jesus took them away. And he took them with him to the cross. And he's done the same thing with your sin. He's taken them away. And he's replaced it with righteousness. And there's your hope. As we conclude Lenten season, let's continue to consider the relentless love of crossbound Jesus. Marvel at that relentless love and meditate on what Jesus says to you. What does Jesus say to you? He says your father, my father forgives your sins. And one day you will be with me in paradise. We'll close with an old school Lenten hymn. Jesus' sinners does receive. Oh, may all this saying ponder. Who in sin's delusions live and from God and heaven wander. And here's how it ends, and you can say it with me if you'd like. Here is hope for all who grieve. Jesus, sinners, does receive. Amen. Let us pray. Dear Father, we thank you for your grace. We thank you for your mercy. We thank you for forgiving our sins. We know they're forgiven because Jesus paid for them. Jesus, we thank you for taking our sins to the cross. And we thank you for the promise you've given us that one day we will be with you in paradise. Amen. Let's continue with prayer. I thank you, my Heavenly Father, through Jesus Christ, your dear Son, that you have graciously kept me this day. Forgive me all my sins and graciously keep me this night. Into your hands I commend my body and soul and all things. Let your holy angel be with me, that the wicked foe may have no power over me. Amen. And the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord look on you with favor and give you peace. Amen.